0: Welcome to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show number 314, with your host, Lauren Gray. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hospitality Marketing, the podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Gray, and this is episode number 314. So each week we spend around 20 to 30 minutes sharing the most interesting tools, news, and techniques being used in marketing for the hospitality industry. We also do a quick recap of our weekly live video show This Week in Hospitality Marketing, which also airs every Friday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern U.S. time. So with that, let's get started. And now, today's new resource tool. So our tool for review this week actually has to be an update to our last week's podcast, where I had written and combined two and was working with three, and I was looking at one and talking about another. My last week's discussion was in relationship to a a tool called uh, crawlq.ai, and I kept referring to it um, in relationship to crove.app. And when I was doing it, I was like, man... It's weird that the website would bring me over to a new URL when it's called another URL. Well, there's probably good reasons why I should have paused on that one and maybe re-recorded what I was doing. I kept referring to telling you to go to crawlq.ai and or um, crawlq. Oh my gosh, let me look at it again. AI, yeah, that was right. Uh, when in fact, I was really talking about crowve.app. CROVE.app. So for last week, if it was confusing why I kept talking about one versus the other, that's the case. Last week's tool was CROVE.app. This week, I truly do want to talk about the uh, Crawlq.ai. Um, so if you went to that website, crawlq.ai and you're like, this isn't what Lauren was talking about, it's because of that, and I do sincerely apologize. This week we are going to call talk about crawlq.ai. And the app, and the reason why I'm calling about uh, talking about this app is truly because of a very unique functionality that it has. Um, it's very hard to create content. Uh, at first, you may have some brilliant ideas and some very creative ways of doing this. And you have some very innovative things that are more solution-based in their concepts. like, okay, I have this marketing program. I have this idea. This is who I want to market it to. And with knowing what those kind of people are, this is what I should say about them. And this is the content I think is going to get out in front of them. Or this is what I should put on the website because I think this is what they're going to need. And maybe it's based on FAQ feedback. Or maybe it's based on con- uh, customer engagement uh, feedback and saying, man, they keep asking the same questions. Let me put this content out there. Once you get past that list of content and you're like, wow, I need to keep coming up with content for my ad campaigns. I need to come up with content with if I'm running a blog that's a helpful blog and I have it segmented according to people's interest and categorizations. Uh, I have... I have a content for the website that needs to be updated. I need to make sure it's sensitive to the demographics I'm talking to. I'm sharing content out. All of a sudden, you begin to get into the realm that all writers talk about and famously refer to as writer's block. What am I going to write about? (coughs) What content am I going to come up with? What's the information that I want to share? Why do I want to share it? Is there something out there that I'm missing? Is there something somebody's looking for that I don't know that they're looking for? These things are of value to your content generation. They are the things that make sense for you. For that reason, you need to have ways of methodologies that go beyond just the research phase. Uh, I'm talking to the people that are more in hands-on with this. There is, of course, research trying to understand what people are looking for, looking for the trends, looking for the information that's missing, looking at what your competitors are doing, looking at what's present in your market, looking for what is discoverable about your market. There's a lot of inspiration that comes from that research, at least gives you a direction. Uh, However, then determining what to do with that is often a difficult task based on optimization. And then SEO has its dialogue and there's tools for SEO. And we've certainly shared them on our podcast. But it goes to helping a better way to refine this. And this is where the CrawlQ.ai helps. CrawlQ.ai um, is the tool that kind of guides you through the process. A little bit of what I do with my, my clients in lots of ways. Asking the right questions, going through the why's, the what's, the when's, the how's, the where's in their searching, going through the process, and then we run off and go research answers to those questions. And then we come back and present that with the client saying, this is what we discovered based on our last conversation about all those questions we asked you. And then they go through with an impression of what they think about it. A lot of times, what you don't know, you don't know. You've heard that statement before many times. And from that, it's hard to project forward to them why this content is important. We can support it by saying, well, on these sites of authority, this is the content that's getting the traffic based on the topic matter that we were discussing. And usually it elongates out into a discussion of awareness, validation, implementation, methodology of tracking, and performance. The circle of life, basically. Um, but a lot of times it can be shortchanged with a tool like Crawl. Crawl Queue does the lifting for you and validates its lifting process with you so that those conversations get compressed and they get you to, from from inception to implementation is a much shorter path because by the way that this platform looks and discovers and uses the content and its creation and, and information to to create the content, it validates itself in the way and the process, so that the dialogue of all of that gets to the affirmation of decision to use it. It also satisfies a lot of the writer's block mentality of the. It's great that we know that that's information that we want. What information do we write to satisfy that interest? This helps you with it. It it actually writes content for you. New, innovative content. Not regurgitated, rehashed, words-jumbling content that we have known about in times past. But rather, new content in an innovative innovative way of presenting it. So, the tool is CrawlQ.ai. I know we talked about it last week incorrectly, but this week we're talking about it specifically. Um, Crove was the last tool we talked about last week. This week is CrawlQ.ai. Now for this week's hospitality technique. So our technique this week and why we're referring to it to Crawl.ai is because we are talking about rinse, wash, repeat, repetition, breed shortcuts. The value proposition of this uh, platform, crowve, oh, excuse me me—I'm going to do it myself again—of um, <laughs> crawlq.ai, is a methodology of streamlining the process of knowing that we're going to have to climb this hill over and over, and that is content generation. Content generation is just, isn't just is just a creative idea that you pop up and hope that the idea is uh, well-received by the audiences that you have or even that it has the opportunity to generate new audiences in the way that you intended it to, but rather... How do you keep going up the same hill of I need content for this platform? I need content for that platform. I need content redevelopment for this concept. I need a new way of making this message resonate to a different demographic over here. Those are always persistent, consistent pressures associated with content development. One of the biggest asset requests of most clients with us is do we have content development resources? And these are incredibly skilled very talented people that know how to write in the ways that they need to for first person authoritative casual friendly third person narrative there's a whole process a logical thought driven process, in addition to creativity, about the methodology of content writing that has to still go through the grinder of SEO optimization for then when it's used for those purposes and value proposition for the content for it to be discovered, which is always filter for most things we do on digital marketing. So with that... Having the ability to have a tool that can help in that process of content development, create the methodologies that streamline, as I say, abbreviate and shorten the process of discover a value to the implementation of its use, and compressing that to a shorter turnaround time for value proposition allows you a higher time sensitivity for being able to ride short-term waves, not big long-term evergreen values, which are always good and you always need to do, but rather the short bursts of newsworthy, event-driven, immediate interest that passes, change in scope of demand. These things happen very quickly. And SEO is not a quick thing. It's a long thing. So doing it just for SEO is one thing that happens, and it's nice for residual value from the event itself, but more also for the immediate impact of writing good content for the people that are looking for it right now to react to it and possibly convert into an acquisition with you. So this type of content... And this type of of platform is incredibly valuable for the ability to continue to go and up that same content demand hill that you need to and create the shortcuts that you need to enable to do it. Now, this week's hospitality news that you should know. So news and show review. With me you, was Mr. Dean Schmidt with uh, Basecamp Meta. Ms. Stephanie Smith with Cogwheel Marketing. Tim Peter with Tim Peter Associates. Miss Adele Gutman with AdeleGutman.com. And Ms. Melissa Cavanaugh, who has changed careers. And we will let her, if you listen to the live show, discuss what she has changed from her previous digs of Florida of Florida fuel travel uh, into what she's now doing. And she's very happy to have done it, although she misses her, her fueligans that she used to work with. But uh, all things good to those that are worthy of it, and she has certainly been worthy of it. Um, I propose to our audi- our group and to our audience for the live show, have our demographics changed? Now, last week's po- um, uh, live show was talking about have we reached a demand cliff, which was the transition between our normally perceived summer travel and the amplification of it due to the constrained travel that opened up into the summertime with restri- the restriction, direct- reductions due to the pandemic. Now I'm asking, are the demographics changed is our perception of what's on coming into now the fall season going into with the latter part of this month into september and going into the fall season are we dealing with different demographics as well are we still looking at the non-family traveler that usually historically happens around september are they still going to go look for leaves in the northeast are they still going to go look for outdoor parks to the droves that they've been into for the summertime that we've now currently experiencing what are the demographic variations that are coming to our market um, in our preparation for the change of the uh, formatting of our live show where we're going from a free floating two hour plus show to a one hour only show this was pretty much the entire dialogue for our one hour was how demographics have changed with our, our participants on the show um, it was innovative in the way that we looked at how to possibly uh, research the demographics currently to see if they look different than they did before which was kind of a yes thank you captain obvious they are because everything is different right now but by the same token is there a pattern of the difference do we see the similarities to enough to know what the variations are um, all too often we look uh, at to the highest number of variant the highest number um, in the sense of its aggregation of data and look for the variations they're in we don't get as granular into the individual causations of variations and i, I speak to people that. Do Math a lot when I say that. We look for give me the cliff notes, give me the give me the brief. What's the big number? What's the number that we need to be paying attention to? You know, business up, business down. And you need to at this time, with so many little variables affecting large numbers, look at more the causation factors, the details that create the impact on the numbers that people look at high level. You know, they the CEOs and the corp owners and everything else, where they look at gross numbers, large numbers. Numbers, big movers and shakers. Uh, can, you know, it is no secret that most uh, higher up the strata of the food chain you go, the larger aggregate numbers are reviewed, and the lesser ones aren't, and they have a percentage of variation that is within tolerance of, of being. Catching their attention or not catching their attention. And every individual is different as to what their responsibility is, as to what variations they decide catch their attention versus the one that they feel they can dismiss as being a wrinkle that doesn't need explanation. Uh, for anybody that's had to run a hotel, uh, there was always the GM's letter of variation report performances, going through the PL from the previous year, from the previous month when it was finalized, and describing the variations based on a threshold of above or below it as to whether there was a cause and effect for that or simply because of certain semantics that were not necessarily detailed enough to explain or important enough to be detailed out. So, with that, we have to look at the variations to our market by looking at the common factors. Is there some things that are familiar to us? And then from that, determine have they changed in comparison to what they used to be? And then what are the things that weren't familiar to us, introducing themselves into the data that we're getting? So key difference in a lot of way people look at analytics. The article that I would like to bring up in our discussion of the news feature was Rethinking Hotel Loyalty. Um, in all honesty, a brilliant article by forbes.com i was truly impressed and thankful for a lot of the information that was pointed out to it Um, in no short order it pointed out something we've mentioned over and over in the live show and also on these podcasts that there is no reward programs per se for branded hotels there are frequency programs there's redemption programs, but there's no loyalty program. And as we mentioned in a live show, I think now three or maybe four weeks back, on Marriott's CEO, how disappointed we were, and how he basically said, "Nope, we're building a rewards program specifically for ownership and not for the users," which was the last nail in the coffin for the would-be there the used to be Starwood loyalty program, which was the very value that Marriott was focusing on when they acquired Starwood, not anything else, really. That was the driving force, as stated by their own organization when asked about it. Um, that they were more user-centric, meaning that it benefited the user more so than it did the owner of the hotel. Well, Marriott has very clearly said that the Marriott Rewards Program is centered on the owners. The value proposition is skewed to their benefit, meaning that the redemption values that they offer are an incentive for the uh, users, but at the end, truly don't benefit them more so than it benefits the owners of the hotels by increasing the frequency of the purchases necessary to acquire the rewards that are being offered, a.k.a. Frequency Program. So, this article did a wonderful job of that. They also pointed out a lot of things that the brands do not have answers for right now, which is the status trap. Um, and, and as we talk about these reward programs, if you haven't been a Merit Rewards owner, Hilton's Honors, or whatever, ISG, um, Pretty much usually everybody's all of them. And then depending upon which one they need to use, they pull it out of their card rack and say, "Okay, yes, I am that rewards member. Please give me whatever it is I'm entitled to. Um, The status trap of uh, if you come and stay with us enough times or spend enough money with us, we'll give you something for it. Usually something not well worth the value of all the work that business you've given them is no longer a carrot on a stick for people. Um, With the reduction in the service profiles and amenities being offered by even the full flag status hotels, there is very little that they can offer that gives them a benefit to this. Think about the hotels that are being used for function right now. They're, They're limited service hotels. There is no better room to give somebody. There is no amenity to enhance their stay. The breakfast is still the same. If you know The fact that they don't offer a buffet anymore and it's a little box. Everybody gets the same little box of line at breakfast. And there is no additional uh, concierge level and or manager's uh, happy hour that they get invited to that others don't. They just don't exist in that profile of strata of business. And those are the bread and butter hotels of the brands right now for them when it comes to any sort of travel at this point um, especially with the rates that being commanded by everyone and the increased rates do not as we've talked about many times in the podcast over the summer have not recognized themselves as the value that people are getting they're very displeased with the high rate the low service we're taking away things that were mainstays of service in every hotel which is like housekeeping and so forth and now we're seeing the hotels adopt similar to the airlines where they're charging for this. Uh, Hilton is saying that, you know, well, if you want this, uh, daily cleaning is going to cost this much more per day. We know we're going to start segmenting this and it's going to be a money thing. First off, people are saying, well, I understand with COVID, it needs to happen this way, but that's now well past that. Just ask the conversation about fuel surcharges and resort fees. They're still being charged, even though there is no resort amenities nor fuel, re- fuel costs that are out of line that they should be charged for, but they still exist. it's hard to take them off once owners get used to the free money and they say hey as long as we can do it we will what they have lost is their consumer collateral the ability to go over and feel that the customers and the guests appreciate what they have offered and paid for Uh, as we mentioned before it's uh, people don't pay they don't pay for price they pay for value uh, and that's what they're not getting. And so, because of that, there's no incentive to why people want to be a part of a loyalty reward program when there's no value to it. Being offered a free bottle of water that costs all of 25 cents is not a reward to having gone to a hotel or a hotel brand six times before you get that. That, you know, to getting the extra ADR compared to going to another hotel that might have been lower ADR, but thinking you're going to build towards something doesn't count. And the point redemption programs of saying, oh, I'm going to stay at this hotel. They've skewed it so hard. As I said, Marriott is an example of it's a user, excuse me, a owner-based reward system now is... They ranked it up so high, you have to spend so many of those points to go stay at most of these hotels. It's not a real reward system. The, 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 the stick is pretty long for the carrot to be on. So, uh, really kind of neat article. Very fun article. Talks a lot about this in the article. Forbes, I think, did a great job of a perspective that I have echoed for a long time. And I sincerely appreciate them having put out this article. It, to me, was a great way of, of mirroring a lot of what we've had said on many times the live show and also the podcast. So with that, remember, you can find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, TuneIn, Podcast Breakers, Acast. The list goes on 39 platforms and counting. You can also listen to us on Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Simply ask any of them to play the Hospitality Marketing Podcast, and they will play the latest edition, which is this one for now. Um, so no matter which one you may use, though, if you do like the show, please rate us and leave a comment. That allows others to find us easier. And also give us this great feedback as to whether or not we're providing the content that you're most interested in and any suggestions you have on improvement and or any happy thoughts you have about us as well. Um, Also, of course, if this is your first time hearing us, you can subscribe to our show on any of those 39 platforms as well as an archive of all previous podcasts. They're in two locations now. The old location is hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash podcasts. There you'll find all the archives for all the years we've been doing this, 17 years now. And then the other is the new platform that we're integrating everything onto, which is hospitalitychannel.tv. This represents also our TV channel for those that watch us on TV now on Roku, Apple TV, Google TV, and Amazon Prime or, you know, Kindles or what have you, plus also our app, which is on Android and iOS as well, called Hospitality Channel. Uh, But on the website version of hospitalitychannel.tv, there is a linear TV show of all of our live shows and podcasts. So you can get there as well for all of that. Also, please don't forget our live video talk show, uh, which you can also join and participate in every Friday at 1130 a.m. Eastern called This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the live show. For that, again, two locations as we transition from the old archives to the new ones. The old archive is hospitalitydigitalmarketing.com forward slash live. The new one is, of course, hospitalitychannel.tv. So with that, my name is Lauren Gray. Thank you for the privilege of your time. We look forward to talking to you next week. You have been listening to This Week in Hospitality Marketing, the podcast show 314 brought to you by Hospitality Digital Marketing and in support of the HSMAI, Hospitality Sales and Marketing Association International, all right reserved, copyright 2021.